0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd. It is another episode where I am jumping on and recording after midnight here on the West Coast, but you can already see that I got energy and you already know what we are talking about. Today, we are breaking down our three best bets on tomorrow's nba slate let's get to it i'm the type to get shit though you the type to observe march is on my speakers but today's november 23rd cause I'm loud in the blunt yeah i don't say what i want yeah probably someone sunny in 10 foreign women in the sun yeah that's all that i need that's all that i need that's all that i need come my brothers with me come my brothers with me I'm everyone hello welcome in just a little confused because my dog literally just grabbed something and started chewing i think it's okay i think it's a treat also i just noticed i'm always bopping and singing during my intro and it's like today is november 23rd like no today is november 22nd casually right near uh where that song drops the date uh Like I said, today we are going to review our three best bets. But before we get into that, let me remind everyone to follow me on X.com or Twitter at FiddlesPicks. To sign up for my free gambling newsletter, FiddlesPicks.substack.com. To rate, review, and subscribe to whatever podcast platform you're listening to this to. If you are watching on the Fantasy Basketball International YouTube channel, make sure you like and subscribe as as well there. Drop a comment and let me know what your best bet of the day is as well or what you're doing for Thanksgiving. And of course, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I want to quickly drop in some corniness right now, tell you I am thankful, which everyone goes around the dinner table, tells what they're thankful for. I am thankful for the community that I've built, whether it's on the podcast platform, on Twitter or anywhere like that. Uh, It means a lot to me that everyone supports my work and tunes in and reaches out to me with gambling questions. I love it. And I hopefully am on this rocket ship trajectory going forward to not only continue with my gambling expertise, but to make a career out of the content section as well. Notice I just keep looking this way. My, My dog's doing some weird things. Hold on. Let me let her outside real quick. We're not even going to stop the recording for that. You guys already know I got a dog named LeBron. She's a hit on this show. Yes, it's a she. There's one LeBron that I know of, and he cannot claim it for all males. So I'll be at the dog park pretty much regularly with someone going, what's your dog's name? And I'm like, LeBron. Always gets a laugh. I'll be near the exit of the dog park, and I'll be like, LeBron, let's go. And then she comes running over. One of the funniest things that always gets the people going. Uh, then everyone just looks at me and it's like, you named him LeBron? And I'm like, no, I named her LeBron. Thank you very much. Okay, let's get into this slate. I'm going to pop up the FanDuel odds on the screen right now so we can go through the board. I have three best bets that I'm going to go over, but I'll also hit on a few other spots. I'm not going to call them leans. I'm going to call them spots that I'm looking at, spots that I'm looking for. Watching the numbers, I'm going to get into why I don't really like to use the word lean. Uh, I think that's pretty much a content schmuck of a word in the gambling space. It doesn't hold true to gamblers and shouldn't hold true to you guys if you're following along and wanting to take the picks of a professional gambler. Let's go over this board. I'm going to start with the three plays that I definitely have money on already. Uh, I grabbed this Boston Celtics line when it was minus 4.5. They are home against the Milwaukee Bucks. There's a lot of interesting capping angles that I really like for this game. It is a great spot for us to start this conversation and go over this slate. So, Celtics open. We always ask ourselves, what is the opening line for this game? What is the first place that the book priced these odds? And it was actually at Boston Celtics minus three. Let me repeat that nonsense again. The opening line for this game was Boston Celtics minus three at home against the Bucks. That was loop swoop and pulled right up from the market real quick. Uh, People slammed that Celtics minus three line. It was taken off and it reopened at 4.5. If anyone saw four on the board, it wasn't me. I never saw four on the board. I saw three quickly. I should have gotten in on it, and then I saw a 4.5. When I see a 4.5 on a good team, I think we're all going to consider Boston Celtics a good fucking NBA team, really good NBA team. When I saw a minus 4.5 on a good team at home getting steam and having the line movement in their direction, I am damn near going to play it blindly. And the reason is key numbers of the NBA. We talk about this often. Seven, five, six, and eight are the four most common outcomes in NBA games, which are all north of that minus 4.5. So if I'm grabbing a Boston Celtics minus 4.5, then I am not only grabbing the smart side of the line, but I am acquiring a situation where the four most common outcomes of NBA games are winning numbers on my ticket, assuming it's the Celtics that cover the spread. Um, let's go over another angle. Oh, look at the boards lighting up right in front of us right now. It's actually an interesting thing. I could do you guys, did you guys just see how Celtics went red and bought and Milwaukee Bucks just went green? Rewind this podcast or this video 15, 20 seconds to make sure you see that. I always describe lighting up like a Christmas tree. This board lights up like a Christmas tree. The reason is because we get red and green lights popping up everywhere like ornaments on a Christmas tree. And what I have trained my eyes to do, having been doing this for so long, and I'm sure everyone else is tricked the opposite way. Everyone goes to what went green. I go to what just went red. What did the book just make the red line? Because that is instantly the more attractive line. It goes back to the adage of the whole reason behind line movement is the book believes that one side that they're making harder to win is actually the side that's more likely to win. So what just happened was the Celtics went from a minus 5.5, juiced to 108, to now juiced to a standard minus 110. That just happened live in front of our eyes. I was not expecting that at all, but it is yet another sign that it is getting more expensive to back the Celtics at a 5.5. That only makes my existing 4.5 ticket feel that much stronger. This is closing line value. This is movement in the juice, in the VIG that relates to that closing line value. And it is means I am clearly on the right side of this number. So, Always look when the board lights up. Try and train your eyes to find where the red is immediately because it only lasts 10 seconds, five seconds. You just saw me react to it and then go away and say, go rewind and make sure you see it. It pops up quick. It's the reason why you kind of always need to have your eyes on the big board. I spend way too much time looking at a screen that has every odds listed and just seeing what flashes and moves and lights up like a Christmas tree. And right now it's been the Boston Celtics lighting up red every time, which makes me gravitate in that direction. Uh, so again, I played two units right at the start because I knew I was backing a good, good team at the 4.5. Uh, we also have the angle that I don't think this Bucks team can handle this Celtics heat right now. From a matchup perspective, the Milwaukee Bucks, the one thing, that, I mean, they're pretty defensively inept this season. But the one thing they're half decent at is rim protection defense. Between Portis, Lopez, Giannis, and their guards getting cooked on the, on the perimeter, the one thing that they've been able to hang their hat on is somewhat decent rim protection defense. The Celtics don't try and score at the rim. 21st in free throw efficiency, 21st in shots around the rim in the league. Yet, like almost the number one or the top five offensive efficiency being top five at offense and defense right now in the NBA. Boston Celtics play from the perimeter. They are a five wide team. They're a space out team. They need to do a better job of getting to the bucket, but this is a matchup where it doesn't call for that. So you get key numbers. You get line movement steam. You get a good matchup to play into and then to bring this sucker home. Let's pull up the splits. Let's notice that we have 69% of the bets on the Milwaukee Bucks side. We have 57% of the money on the Milwaukee Bucks side. So, the first thing I'm noticing is a large amount of volume and less money than the bet volume on, in terms of the handle and the tickets. So, the bigger bets are coming in on the Celtic side, the smaller and more public bets. Are coming in on the Milwaukee side. We also have reverse line movement. If there is 57% of the money and 69% of the bets on the spread of the Milwaukee box, and it's still going out from plus three to plus 4.5 to plus 5.5. Now the book is saying, give us your box money. You want to bet on the box. We'll make it easier to bet on the box. So when I see this, as a line movement capper and seeing the reverse line movement that's entering the market on this game, I want to side with the house. Give me the bet that the book wants me not to take. They're making it harder to cover the Boston Celtics side. They're making the public who already wants the Milwaukee Bucks. They're saying, here you go. This is a spot where the Sharps and the house are taking on the public. So you will find me riding with the Sharps. Boston Celtics, minus 4.5 for a full two-unit play is my first bet of the day. So many good reasons behind that. And I honestly got a feeling this goes towards the over because, I mean, these Bucks don't play defense, and these Celtics just play with a lot of shooting. That's going to cause it to fly over if they're hitting their shots and the Bucks are running in transition. Let's go over to the Bulls-Thunder game. I'm really hesitant not to take this Thunder minus seven, but that will be a spot we could say I'm looking at. I haven't seen movement, but the splits are very strong, and I really like backing this Thunder team. I backed this Bulls team way too much at the start of the NBA season. They probably cost me more money than any other team. Uh, So it feels nice to consider going the other way. But I'll definitely be on the over 224.5. This line opened at I mean, I got it at 223 and a half. It's currently at 224 and a half. It opened at 221 and a half and quickly took two points of steam to the over. I think there's still... I'm going to pull up another page right now. No, DraftKings moved it to 224. Um, So there's still a 224 available on the board instead of a 224.5. So make sure you line shop and get the best number available. I took a 223.5. And the basic thought is... I think this Bulls team can score better than the disaster that they've been putting out the last few days. Uh, Levine and DeRozan probably going to be playing. It's DeRozan had a few uh, game off for personal reasons. Levine had the drama of the trade request blowing up. I think just the steam is going to be a little more settled. I think a road trip is going to be actually good for this team right now, Uh, get them together. So that's my hesitancy to back the Thunder. But I do really like the over. I know I'm following two points of steam towards the over, opening at 221.5, me playing at 223.5. I knew there was 224.5s already on the board. I knew that there was very strong splits showing there to be a lot of uh, money on the over. So I expected to keep going in that direction. I don't expect buybacks to happen yet. And I got to be honest, if there's one thing I'm just flat out comfortable backing steam for right now, And following along with line movement, not being overly concerned that I got the best number. I mean, I am generally very concerned about that. But it is backing NBA overs. I mean, 309 points in that regular uh, season, no overtime Pacers-Hawks game last night. That was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Let's go to Clippers-Spurs, who are actually on the under. I got this at 231 and a half. I think the opening line was 232 and a half. And you see 230.5 is popping up on the board. Devin Vassell is out for this game. And anytime he gets listed out, which seems to happen semi-frequently uh, this season to start, the total drops significantly in Spurs games. He is a very paced up player. He is a floor spacer. He is a shooter who pushes the ball puts the ball through the bucket, and plays fast. So he's someone who really emphasizes it over. So with him out, we can expect the line to come down a few points, which is hopefully where I'm catching this right now. And then let's talk about the James Harden effect that the Clippers have had. Uh, No, I'm not talking about all the losing. I'm going to talk about pace of play real quick. James Harden is a half-court player. The the Clippers generally have a bunch of other half-court players too, and isolation players. Uh, but Hardy notoriously throughout his career has just been able to get to the free throw line basically whenever he wants. That is the one thing that tends to start to slip as you age and get a little slower. You start to attack a little less, you become a little bit more methodical in your approach, and that very much seems like it's happening to Harden on this Clippers team. The attack rate has gone way down, but the prowess to play half court basketball still looms just as large. So Harden go- has actually gone from someone that I love to target for overs because he would stop the clock in scoring situations. Him, him, his pick and roll with Embiid was so frustrating to bet unders against. I loved betting overs because one of them was getting to the line 20, like 20 times. They were, between the two of them, they were shooting damn near 25 free throws in the right matchups. This is a situation where I'm going to go the other way. He's not going to want the heat of Victor Wembanyama's long arms in the paint. He's going to play a more slow half court game. The Spurs are going to be missing one of their most pace up players. And I think this is going to trend down as recent Spurs games have. So I'm starting to take in some outside information of the Spurs just played a game. I think who, who was it against Portland Trailblazers, where the total dropped heavy. So start to notice where these opening lines and where these teams are trending. I notice the sharps love the rockets right now. Love them. Like every game sharps are on the rockets. A lot of game sharps are on the bulls. That's part of my hesitancy to take the thunder right now. A lot of games sharps are on the Hawks. A lot of game sharps are on the Pacers. A lot of game sharps are on the heat. A lot of game sharps are on the Celtics. I'm just going through these teams right now. A lot of, Sometimes the Sharps are fading the Orlando Magic. I've done that way too much this season, too. They've cost me quite a bit of money. It's actually in conjunction with those Bulls Magic games where I was probably on the Bulls for both of them. Um, So, yeah, start to take into consideration which teams are getting bought up by the market pretty regularly and which matchups they portend to do that with. uh, And then grab them at the Open quickly again and expect it to go in the same direction Uh, It's not really a trend bet because you're not backing like so-and-so has eclipsed this prop mark 10 of the last 11 games. I'm going to play at the 12th. You're trending the line movement. So you could always figure that out, how you want to play it with buybacks and whatever, as long as you gain CLV. So you're actually trending the CLV component of the bet. It's a pre-tip trend, if anything. Let's go over quickly spots that I'm looking at that I'm looking at and let's talk quickly talk about why I'm not going to call it a lean and why I don't really like the term lean a lean just I think a lean generally implies if we're looking at this Nuggets magic game I lean under 217 because of how good the magic defense have been because the Nuggets are on the front leg of a back-to-back where they then go to the Pistons on Wednesday uh no, this is – sorry, I don't, I don't know the Nuggets' schedule right now. But I'm pretty sure they do. Did they just come off a of back-to-back against the, – yeah, they just came off a of back-to-back against the Pistons. All right, anyways, uh, let's say I, I lean that it's going to go under 217. I don't really like that because I'm just telling you, hey, this is what I think is going to happen, but I don't feel strongly enough for to put my own money. So what you're doing is you're really just playing into this like content angle where it's like really about pushing like information and wanting clicks more than actually wanting to have a serious basketball conversation of saying like, "Hey, like if I had to bet this game, gun to my head, this is where I would bet. the The bigger component that we need to talk about is that you didn't bet this game. You're someone that bets regularly uh, let's 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 put this back on me. If I'm someone who bets regularly, and I already have a bet on the Celtics, and I already have a bet on the Spurs' uh, Clippers under, and I already have a bet on the Bulls' Thunder over, then why do I need to give out a lean? A lean is nothing more than this is what I think is going to happen, but I don't feel strong enough to put my money on it. So I'm not going to go recommend you put your money on it because the read was not, not strong enough to warrant a bet for myself. So a lean to me makes no sense besides like wanting to like have discourse about a game and get push content from that perspective. I don't understand it from a handicapping perspective. What I want to know is, what's the hesitation that you're not submitting the bet? If that's what you think is going to happen, what's, what's holding you back? Like, yeah, I want to back the, the the Magic under because of how good their defense has been. But what's holding me back is Nikola Jokic is probably the best offensive player we've seen in the last, whatever, since LeBron's peak. So I don't really want to back an under with him right now. The Magic Center's injured. They're starting Goga Patase and and Mo Wagner coming off the bench. Is that better for their defense or is that worse? How is it going to be when Wendell Carter Jr. comes back? Let's go to a spot where I'm actually looking for I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this one hard. Washington Wizards plus four. This one reeks of reverse line movement coming. Uh, This line is stuck at four the whole time, despite, like, money coming in on the Hornets. I have a strong sense that this goes to 3.5, and this is some sketchy reverse line movement. The Wizards have been so bad. But the Hornets are—they're also so bad. Uh, They're integrating new pieces. They're—they're reworking their rotation with Bridges being back, with Hayward also currently being actually healthy right now. Uh, I can't tell you why. It's not a lean. It's a spot that I'm looking for because I think there's going to be market trends. And market indicators that show Washington to be a really sharp spot. Let me quickly look at a few other things. It's also four on DraftKings. I'm gonna go to the splits on DraftKings. We just have we have the splits up on FanDuel on the screen right now. I gotta get better at flipping between uh screens. Let's do this. Boom. Here's the Vsin odds. This is tracking DraftKings splits. So we will see. Where is this Wizards game? Look, 69% of the bets, only 56% of the handle. So this is a situation that kind of explains what I'm talking about. Kind of a lot of public money coming in on the Hornets. There's actually bigger bets on the Wizards side on this line, which is explaining why it's sticking right at four. Let's bring up the board. This is some, like, you guys don't normally get this from me, to be honest. Uh, Washington, Charlotte. Yeah, its opening line was four. It is four everywhere. Like, if this line is not moving, there's a four and a half at Mirage at minus 105. Uh, the, The difference in the Vig is probably... Relatively makes it the exact same line and worth relatively the exact same amount of points. You could see it's clearly trending towards the over. An opening line was 240 and a half. It's at 242 right now. Definitely love to look at where Circa has things listed because they are a very sharp book to track. Uh, a few other books Westgate win already at 243. You could grab it over. Let's see. Do we grab this over right here? Do we grab this over 242? Let's do that. Let's do a small over 242 play on the Washington Wizards over the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And just know, like, all of me is looking at this plus 145 money line and this plus four. Now, I don't really know if I would, uh, I I think I would play this from, like, a bunch of different angles of, like, over 242, playing the plus four on the spread, playing the 145 money line. And then I'd even get into some escalators and play some Wizards minus four or take them to that Celtic spot of minus four and a half and really escalate these odds and try and take home a big, big win on him, ladder it up. I would generally go probably quarter units on all of it, like quarter unit money line, quarter unit spread, quarter unit... Escalator of all spread, or you could do half unit of the plus four, and then have that cover your money line and all spread. If they cover the spread but don't win outright, you would break even. I am going to be on the over two forty two, considering we are seeing clear sharp uh, books start to even move it higher than that. So I'll take that over two forty two in this game. I mean, I just have no fear of backing these high totals in NBA games. I would say last year, if you asked me this question, I would just naturally feel a little averse. You're grabbing an over under 242. But who's playing defense in this game? Certainly not me, certainly not Jordan Poole. So that's for damn sure. Uh, is there anything else I need to talk about? Are there any lines for Thursday yet? Let's let me go bring up the Thursday schedule and quickly talk about. Oh, there is no Thursday games because it's uh Thanksgiving. So it's gonna be NFL Day. I actually already did an NFL thanksgiving podcast so if you are looking to bet the nfl with me for thanksgiving thursday make sure you check out my podcast feed the advantage sports betting podcast of course if you're listening on the fbi page all of my football stuff goes on my podcast feed but i do all my basketball stuff congruently with the fbi love working with them great people shout out my saturday show with adam king and b-dub for all the tech support helping me set this up um Go check out my my uh, Thanksgiving show. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Food sucks. I don't even think that's a hot take. I think the hot take at this point is Thanksgiving food actually being really good. That, that's really the hot take. I'll probably go tweet that out right now. Um, Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll be back. Later this week, I'll be back with Adam. I'll probably be doing maybe some sort of NFL DFS show of some sort. But remember to play in the DFS tournament against me tonight. You could either join in the $1 league or in the $10 league or come play in both of them. Let's get someone to take home some big bucks. I'll also try and do a uh, winner gets a free rookie card. I will give me a second. Second time I'm leaving the show and just letting it rock during today's episode. I have a stack of cards I need to give away. Uh, There's a Zion rookie. So somebody come compete in this. You know what I'll do? Here's a Dyson Daniels rookie. Here's Darius Garland. Here's Jason Tatum in the Panini Prism. Should we make this because I'm on the Celtics minus... All right, this is what we're doing. This Jason Tatum Panini Prism card will be tomorrow's giveaway on the DFS contest. Winner gets it. If and only if I cover? No. Regardless of what happens in that Celtics game, either I'm going to want to get this Jason Tatum card out of my life because the Celtics just dogged me, or I'm going to want to celebrate and give it to someone else because the Celtics just won me some money. Either way, if you come play in my DFS tournament in the $10 league, in the link below in this show, you also have the chance to win not only 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 bucks, depending on how many people get in there, but also this Jason Tatum, I think it's his sophomore year. Uh yeah his his post all-star I don't even know. We'll figure it out. Either way, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you as always for supporting my work. Let's cash some tickets. I will make sure I tweet out the final bets if I end up taking any of this Wizards action. Uh until then, peace out.